Welcome back to episode seven of Keep It Real with Rachel Sinclair. I am so glad you're here, and I've got such a fun guest today. Her name is Susanna B. Lewis, or you may know her as Whoa Susanna from the internet. Um, This woman is hilarious. Guys, she has over a million followers on Facebook. A million. Like, what? What? (laughs) But she is so funny. She has a blog, WoeSusanna.com, and she recently came out with a book called Can't Make This Stuff Up, which released earlier this month. It is hilarious. It is heartfelt. And she shares some hard, real truths about who God is and who he is in relationship with us in our everyday lives. Susanna is a hoot, and talking with her just felt like sitting down with an old friend. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation, and I can't wait for you to read her book because I know you are going to after you hear this. So everybody, let's give a warm welcome to Susanna B. Lewis. Hello. Hey, Susanna. It's Rachel. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I'm doing pretty good. Doing good. Got the baby asleep? Yes, I did. She's a pretty good sleeper, but she went down a little early, and I said, I'm going to see if maybe we can move this up just so, you know. Absolutely. Better better my chances of her waking up in a fit of rage about something, so. Right, and you just never know with little ones, so. And let me say, she is precious thank you thank you so much we think so yes Yes. well I I mean you kind of always say that to everybody but I really mean it she's she's a thank you very much yeah there's some I hate to say it but some babies are not that precious oh yeah I mean Seinfeld you know just called it out (laughs) yes yes what did he say uh what what was the word he used oh because then he called Elaine. He the guy called Elaine that, that too. Same or word. Oh, everybody yes. who was listening to this is probably screaming the word in their car right now. <laughs> yeah, they are. I know they are. Oh sure. yes, yes. And then I think that's so funny because um, this is a little tangent, but the actress who plays the mother um, is the one who plays Janice on Friends. You know, yes. and she's on yes. Everybody Loves Raymond. And I just. I'm I'm 24. I'm you know young and fun, but I love me some 90 sitcoms. So <laughs> yes, I love them. Oh, I love them. That's all that's on my DVR right now is yeah. is old shows. That's all I have recorded. Yeah, for sure. Well, and um, I actually had this in the, my notes, but I love that one of your chapters is thank you for being a friend. Because, mm-hmm. you know, people are watching all these, you know, fun new Netflix and Prime shows and everything. I am watching yeah. the Golden Girls on Hulu and it's fantastic. Absolutely. So <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. But um, yes, well, do is. you do you have any questions for me before we start or are you good to just jump right in or we can just jump right in? That'll be fine. Yeah. Awesome. Well, first of all, let me say thank you so much for coming on. Um, this is so exciting and I, I don't want to fangirl because I know that is not professional and I'm trying to <laughs> act like I know what I'm doing here but um, it just it really meant a lot to me that you agreed to take some time and come on here <laughs> well thank you so much thank you for asking me I of appreciate course. it well and I think it's really fitting because I've had this podcast for about six months and whenever people mm-hmm. ask what's your podcast about I tell them I want I want people to experience three things I want you to laugh I want mm-hmm. you to learn something new And I hope that you go away growing closer to God in your faith journey, wherever you may be on that. Absolutely. And I I feel like those are things that you do in your work as well. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. clearly the laughter and 
and how it's a what you have a welcoming space for people you know whether you believe similarly or differently or whatever you know let's just all come and share a laugh and maybe learn something along the way sure so sure for sure yes well my first question for you is what made you jump from fiction to nonfiction? because that's a big leap <laughs> It is a big leap. Um, well, it wasn't. It wasn't really my choice. I've I love fiction. I love writing fiction. Um, and when uh, my literary agent found me, she found me through um, some of my videos through social media, and she approached me and she said, um, "I know you've uh, self-published some fiction books. Would you ever be interested in writing nonfiction?" And I was like, "No, I would not. Absolutely <laughs> not. No." And she was like, "Well, you know, it's it's pretty similar to the things you post on Facebook." Facebook and wherever, you know, writing posts about your life, that's nonfiction. And do you think you could make a book out of that? It's like, you know, a, a blog in a book form. And I right. was still not really on board with it. It's very different. It's mm -hmm. very different to sit down and write a fiction book from a nonfiction book. And the way she explained it to me, she was like, you know, you are writing a story. You're still writing a story, but you're the main character. Yes. And so when I approached it that way, that it was still, you know, a story book, you know, um, it, it came along a lot easier. But um, fiction is absolutely my passion. I love fiction. Um, but Writing the nonfiction book, of course, it was a blessing. I think it was just an opportunity that God I, opened up for me. I never thought of myself writing a nonfiction book. And so I've just completed my second nonfiction book with Thomas Nelson. So oh, I've I didn't know that. Yeah, That's it'll exciting. Be out, it'll be out next April, April 2020. And I've just finished it. And so um, I don't know what I'll do after that. If I'll explore any more nonfiction, I would love to get back into fiction. That has always been my favorite thing. That so, is great. Well, to be honest, I have not read, I didn't even know you wrote fiction until I yeah. was doing my research, like a good interviewer does. And I thought, yes. oh my goodness, because your nonfiction just sings for itself. It's just, I thought, of course she's nonfiction, you know, and then to find out you're not, you know, that's right. That's right. impressive to be able to split both of those genres. So, oh, well, thank you. Well, in the book, for the people listening who maybe haven't read it yet, it is so funny, so heartfelt, and then you also share these, I mean, you get deep, you share these really tough stories, tough truths, and yeah. I just, you you hit everything on the spectrum, you know, you make us laugh and cry and feel all the feels, and, and it's just beautiful. So, I wanted Thank to you. ask you, you talk about growing up in a house filled with laughter, filled with humor, and you felt like you were on a sitcom, which right. I love. Um, I think I've definitely felt that way. And I think all people have to some extent that you just, mm -hmm. families are so funny, you know? Yeah. So yeah. have you always had this gift of storytelling? And do you think that's a personal thing or was it influenced by the environment that you grew up in? I think it was influenced by my environment. Um, my mother was a storyteller. She she could, you know, tell bedtime stories and just come up with something on the fly, which always mm -hmm. fascinated me. Um, it, but living in a, in a, in a funny house um, was, of course, inspiration for it was I mean, it was like stories like, you know, like the name of the book. You can't make this stuff up like crazy things would happen in our household, you know, just just funny stuff. Right. And I would think, you know. I need to write that down or, or my imagination would kind of go wild and I would kind of make a whole story, 
you know, out of the things that happened around me and happened in the house. Um, so I think that influenced me, of course, having my mother. And I come from a long line of storytellers, especially in the South. I mean, not that oh, there's yes. not storytellers up north. Absolutely, there <laughs> is. But in the South, it's just kind of a an art form, I think. Yes. I mean, I can remember my grandmothers and, and my aunts and my mom and everybody just sitting around and, and talking about things of the past. And of course they, I know they had to embellish some things along the way <laughs> they had to, but just sitting around talking about the old days. And th- I was just always fascinated with that. Fascinated with stories about our family, our family history and people that they knew and the characters they went to church with. And so I've just always loved that. And so I knew at a young age that that's what I wanted to do is right. And I'm just so blessed and thankful that you said what you just said about the book making people making you laugh and making you cry that's exactly when I was eight what I wanted to do I wanted to write books because I had read a book um, about a dog when I was eight years old and it made me laugh and it made me cry Mm. and I thought what a gamut of emotions and and how awesome it is that a story can make you you know feel one way and then and be at the other end of the spectrum you know within just a few pages and so that's what I wanted to do. And I, I, I mean, I've, I've tried to do that in fiction, maybe, you know, in nonfiction that's come across even better. Yes. Um, so it's just a blessing for you to be able to say that. That's just, that's just means so much to me because that's what I set out to do. And I just kind of did it on accident. I didn't try too hard. It just kind of happened. I think. I love that. You know, I'm, I'm a writer as well and I'm kind of in the figuring it out phase and the trying yeah. to get where you want to go. And it's, it's certainly a process, but I, I definitely yeah. relate to what you're saying. I mean, as a, I remember that this book called The Tanglewood Secret, and in second grade, my mom would read it to me before we went to bed, mm-hmm. and um, I think it was by Patricia St. John, I believe, and yeah. I said one night, I said, Mom, this story is so beautiful. It's so, it's so well done, and I said, you know, I, I wish that one day I could be able to do that, but I'm not yeah. going to be as good as her, and I remember my mom just looked at me, and she said, Rachel... Yes, you can. Yes. And that was yeah. just this, you know, it's this memory that I just, I have carried this passion, you know, and, and hope, I'd, I mean, I think it never goes away. So no, no, I, it doesn't. I love that. Mm-mm. Well, another medium besides writing that you tell stories and make people laugh and feel is your Facebook audience. Oh my goodness. You have so many funny videos. <laughs> I mean, from everything <laughs> talking about Christians who don't like Chick-fil-A <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, the you know, horror. how horrible um, is that? It's terrible. <laughs> I and I love the Walmart cart etiquette. <laughs> story. Yes. Just so, so many funny things. And how do you, yeah. when you come across these incidents, you know, like the cart in Walmart, how many of these do you think, okay, this is funny enough to actually make a video and I'm going to make a thing of it? You know, is that spontaneous or do you, because, you know, sometimes I have ideas and I'm like, would other people think this is funny? You know, that's kind of going out on a limb. How do you choose what <laughs> makes it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it is kind of a spontaneous thing because some of the videos I make, they'll bomb. I'm like, well, I guess nobody thought that was funny but me. But then other ones people can relate to. I don't put a lot of thought into it, um, especially before Facebook Live when you had to make a video and upload it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, this is this is I'm being honest. This is what would determine whether or not I thought it was funny enough was did I have the time to wait on my Internet? 
to upload the video <laughs> that I think it was worth the waiting because our internet is so slow. Mm -hmm. And so if I thought it was funny enough for the wait, I would upload it. But now with Facebook Live, a lot of times I'll just go live right where I am and, you know, poke fun at something or whatever. And a lot of times people think it's funny and sometimes they don't. But it's definitely spontaneous. That's that's and encouraging got, to hear because you you don't always know when you put something out there how no. people will respond. And yeah, and I used to worry about that. I think I used to worry about that a lot. Um, do people are people going to think I'm weird for posting this, or or are they going to get mad? And over the years, I've just kind of I don't, I just really don't care anymore if I think it's funny enough I'll just post it and and I usually don't read the comments just in case you know there's some ugly ones in there that I don't need to bring to bring me down sure. so I'll just post it and put it out there and, and just see what happens and the ones that have gone really viral the ones that have gone viral um I don't have on makeup I don't have on a bra. Yeah. I look absolutely terrible. And then 50 million people see it. And so those are the ones that I probably should have, have rethought over a little bit. Before <laughs> put a little I more thought them. into it before. <laughs> yeah. I should have put more thought into it. But see, when I posted it, if I had known so many people would see, like, the school drop-off or the one about Kroger yes. rearranging the store, I would have put on some makeup. Right. So. The fact is, it was just spontaneous. That's what it was. I think that's part of the charm, too, because that's part of people relating to you, saying, oh, I have been there. I have been in yeah. the Kroger and, you know, been frustrated or been in the school line and, and whatever. Right, so. right. Yeah, um, yeah. What was, did you have a first video that went viral that really put you on the map, or was it a, a slow thing over time? Yeah, it was. It was the one about Kroger. Okay, um, it was the Kroger. That's the one that, yep, and I remember sitting in the parking lot at the sitting in a parking lot at the store and and i i had already left kroger and i was just, i was like this is the I, i've just got to vent about this i was i was truly upset i didn't really cry in the mm -hmm. video i pretended i was crying and some people who obviously don't have a sense of humor were like what is wrong with her is she no it was fake <laughs> It was fake, right? I wasn't that upset. I was peeved about it. But that was the first one, and I can remember um, checking the likes on it, and they just kept going up and up and up. And <laughs> I thought, well, this is just – this is crazy. It took me completely by by surprise. I had no idea that it would go viral. That's but, so but, but it did. Yeah. Would you ever want to do stand-up? No. Okay. <laughs> I, no. I've been asked – I've been invited to do stand-up. No. No, no, no. I have I, the thought of it just, just, just gives me cold sweats. Sure. I, I don't want, I don't want to stand in front. <laughs> I can sit behind my phone camera or whatever, and I've, ha I've done speaking engagements and spoken at churches and stuff. That's different, but I don't think I could handle the pressure of sitting on a stage trying to be funny. I couldn't do it. Sure, I, I yep. went. I live in Nashville, and uh, well, I think you know that because you, you're a Tennessee girl too. Yeah, um, yeah. And I've lived here for about two years, but I recently went to the Ryman to see John Christ. Yes. And yeah. I just walked away so creatively inspired. That's what I told my parents. I said, I'm just so inspired because it is so impressive. The writing that goes into it beforehand, the performance yeah. aspect. And then you've got this live interaction with the audience that can be totally random. Like you don't know Absolutely. what you're going to get. So that yeah. just feels like five extra layers of complicated 
<laughs> yes, it you know. is. Yeah, I, and I admire people that can do that. I saw Shonda Pierce recently. Yes, and, yes. Um, <clears throat> My friend Heather Land does that, yes, and it's yes. it's it's very admirable to say. But that's not that's not what God's calling me to do. Yes. I don't think. Well, that's <laughs> that's good so. to recognize. You know what? This is my lane, and that's not. And yeah, yeah. That is yep, yep. that is a okay. Well, if for as much humor as you bring in the book, you also really tackle some serious stuff um yeah like I said earlier and one of you you talk about your journey that you were you were saved as a as a child right yeah um, yes mm-hmm. and but as with all of us you your faith has ups and downs and different seasons and mm-hmm. sometimes that looks you know strong and sometimes it you know we can get way off track and one of yeah. the parts that really influenced me because I think we all relate to it was when you talked about your dad um, yeah. and you, who was struggled with addiction uh-huh. and you said that even though you had seen this and had experienced it and had experienced this hurt that didn't stop you from drinking right. or from going through some of those same things. And yeah. this was just, I thought so poignant because maybe it's not with drinking, you know, necessarily for all of us, but we, yeah. myself included, have seen patterns in other people and we know the ending yeah. But somehow we just we we think we're immune. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and um, and yeah. how you came through that? I just think that's such an important point. You know, I think I think I, I believe firmly in um, that the enemy mm-hmm. can see generational things. And, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. My granddaddy was an alcoholic. His mm-hmm. daddy before him was an alcoholic. Yeah. And each one of those things, and then I had alcoholism alcoholism on my mother's side of the family, too. My grandfather on my mother's side was an alcoholic. And so I had heard stories about how it never fared well. Um, I had, of course, lived with an alcoholic dad and knew firsthand the, the, the sadness and the trouble and turmoil that that brought into our household i think that you know the enemy sees where we are vulnerable and and the things that we're exposed to and it was kind of like it sounds ridiculous but it was kind of like you know i know this is going to probably not going to be good Mm -hmm. but i'm just going to test it out anyway and just and just kind of see what happens and you know and and hopefully it'll have a different outcome i think definitely the devil put some things in my path because he knew I was susceptible to that. Yeah. And I think he, I mean, he's smart. Mm-hmm. Satan is smart. And, I know uh, we like to think of him as little red devil, but that is not true. I mean, no, that's not true. He is cunning. And the Bible says he seeks to kill, steal and destroy. Yes. He knew that alcoholism was a thing that had already, you know, um, killed, stolen and destroyed members of my family. And so I was vulnerable to that. And so I think, you know, he had a huge part of that. Of course, I can't blame. I have free will. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a huge part in placing that thing in my life, just hoping to trip me up the same way he had tripped my dad and granddad's up with that with that very same thing mm-hmm. and if i I've, I've said often if i wasn't saved if i didn't have the lord i know i'd be an alcoholic mm-hmm. i know i would yeah. um i know there's probably certain several things that i would struggle with and um you know just thank the lord i talk in the book about you know um hanging up our hang-ups and he is the only way to successfully 
do that yeah. for me. I, it, that was the only way. You know, I had to learn some hard lessons. I had to get in trouble with my drinking, and I had to watch it try to destroy my own um, relationship with my husband, who was also a drinker. Mm-hmm. And so we flirted with that a little bit and thanked the Lord um, that we had enough sense to say, okay, stop. We see where this is going. Uh, it's not going to have a different outcome that it did for my dad and my granddads. It's going down the wrong path. The devil's delighting in it. And so we put the brakes on and thank the Lord for restoration and and for removing temptations and for, you know, giving us the strength to say no right. to things. Absolutely. But you're absolutely right. It's, it, it's crazy how we we know, we know, we know. And even we say, we know it's not going to turn out any different than it has for anybody else. It's not the way to go. But we flirt with that a little bit. I think that's human nature. Mm -hmm. We just want to flirt with something and see if we can get away with it. You know, my kids are that way. They know something's wrong, but they want to see if they can get away with it. And I think it was the same thing for me as an adult with alcohol. It's that, it goes back to, I mean, just the original sin in the garden. We we want to think that we can be in control and we can be the authority and we don't have to submit to any rules, you know, or any, um, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. And the simpler answer, I think it was fun for me at mm -hmm. the time. It was fun as, as, as a college kid and and even younger to go get drunk. It was Mm -hmm. fun. I mean, at the time it was, and the devil tempted me with that. Oh, this is fun. It's not hurting anybody, but it started getting serious where it starts to, you know, really hurt relationships and nothing good ever came out of it ever. And so just thank the Lord for just Mm -hmm. his saving grace. You you said a turning point was really when you were pregnant with your daughter, Natalie, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And and my husband continued to drink and, uh, you know, our marriage was not in a good place. And, you know, not only having her, I mean, obviously I couldn't go out and party. I had a newborn, (laughs) but obviously, um, you know, but also the Holy Spirit said, you know, this time in your life is over. It, it, it's time to turn away from the rebellious, you know, being rebellion, rebellious and your youth. It's mm-hmm. time to mature in me and mature as a person. That part of your life is over. Nothing good came from it. And thank the Lord, you know, he, he changed my husband, too. And yes. uh, so now neither one of us struggle with that anymore. But mm-hmm. I yes, mean, it was God is, it, God it, is good. It, to... <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And another just really touching part of your book is you talk about grief and um, and what how that changed your relationship with the Lord and also kind of the your perspective on your career and the purpose of, yeah. you know, your gift of connecting. Can you tell us about that and how I, I just I think you speak so well to that no matter what we do, no matter who we are. If we're not sharing the gospel with people, you yeah. know, that's that's what God made us to do. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, like I said, I wanted to be a writer since I was a kid. So when I started out with my blog years ago and just started dabbling on social media, um, that's that was my goal was to one day, you know, have some books published through that, get discovered or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what my point was. Never thought about writing a Christian book. I was a Christian, but I was known for just being funny. And right. so my platform, uh, my first self-published book and and just using my social media and everything was all about growing a following by being funny. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, that's what I did. And I occasionally mentioned the Lord, not often at all. I was worried back then. It's so funny because I'm such a different person from who I was back then. Back then, um, 2010-11, I did not want to offend anybody with my beliefs because I didn't want to turn them off. I wanted them to be a follower of mine and eventually buy my books and do this. That's what it was all about. And when my mother died in 2015, and I just drew so close to him at that point, I had to tell people what I was going through. And he had such a big part of my healing at that time. And so my writing just shifted. And it went from being, you know, trying to be humorous all the time to this is real life. This is what I'm going through. And the only way I'm going to survive this is with God. And if you want to be offended at that, then that's your problem. That's not my problem. This is this is how I'm coping with this. And I know God is good. And God's going to bring me through this. And he spoke so clearly to me. And he told me, you know, you, I have given you this platform. At that time, I had a pretty large platform on, on social media. Mm-hmm. I've given you this these people who who hear what you're saying, who you can influence. You can make them laugh. That's great. Laughter is great. But what are you doing for my kingdom? with these people what are are you are you giving me glory um because i can take all this away as quickly as it came and that is our purpose and i started really realizing our purpose is absolutely to spread the gospel with others and that's when you know he just spoke to me that's what your purpose is you have these people listening to you what are you going to do with it are you going to sow some temporary seeds of this earth and have a following and a little fan base that's great or are you going to sow my word and my promises and what i say into them Mm -hmm. and so i was like lord i give this to you i give this platform these people whoever comes in contact with me who sees my face who hears my voice i want to give you the glory for it because you have been so good to me throughout the death of my parents and through infertility and all these things you've been so good to me and people need to know that and so when I turned everything over to him and gave it to him it just it just blew up that's when I found that's when my literary agent found me that's when I was approached about writing this book I mean so many great things happened and he started putting so many people Mm -hmm. into in, in my path and it was all because I just laid everything down and said, okay, Lord, for your glory, not mine. Because it, before it was for my glory. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was how many people can follow me. And I was all wrapped up in this approval game and the numbers game. Which and can just get like exhausting. so many young kids are. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. many young kids, like my daughter's friends. Oh, I got 20 likes on this. And I, mm-hmm. it's so much more than that. And mm-hmm. so instead of seeking man's approval, I started seeking God's approval and he just blessed, blessed everything that I've done since then. And it's been, it's just been, he's just fun. God is fun. He's yes. a fun God. He does fun things. Oh, I I love that you say that because I'm, yeah. I'm reading through um, Lisa Harper's book right now. It's called the sacrament of happiness. Are you familiar yeah. with that? Yeah. But yeah. she's, yeah, it's just brilliant because it's, she's saying, Hey, we think of God as all serious, which he is, but also yeah. he is a happy God and he delights yeah. in his children and he wants us to thrive in the way he's made us. Like that's, that's how we're mm-hmm. going to thrive. And Absolutely. he is, he's fun and surprising and generous and yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. 
So he does good things, things, you know, like Ephesians says, abundantly more than you even expect. You know, he just does. He does great things. And how did you find that people responded when you said, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm I'm going to share what God is doing in my life, you you know, regardless of people approve or not? Um, The response was wonderful. In fact, it grew. It grew, and suddenly there was people, you know, thank you for for taking a stand for Christ. This is what we've been longing to find, somebody who can be fun and funny and poke fun at things, not just all rigid, you know, but still proclaim the gospel and proclaim that God is good and God is fun Mm -hmm. and, you know, and give us hope and encouragement. And again, nothing that I do, uh, it's always for his glory. I never want to take credit for anything that he's done. But I mean, it was just a great, overwhelming, great response. Now, I had some people reach out to me and say, you know, I used to just be here for a laugh and now you talk about God all the time. I think that's a wonderful compliment. I think it's a wonderful (laughs) testimony of what God's done in my life. He's taken this old heathen and suddenly now she's on fire for him and telling people about him. That's what God has done. And so instead of saying, oh, gosh, I've I've run somebody off. I'm like, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That that's a wonderful compliment. And, you know, I pray often. Lord, you just let you just put the right people on on my page or wherever mm-hmm. that need to hear a word from you. And I have a lot of people who do not agree with my faith that still mm-hmm. stick around yes. and comment often. That's great. That That's is. wonderful. And so, you know, just to be an encouragement and to them. So, I mean, when I once I laid it all down and said, Lord, I'm doing this for you, Lord, you just do what you want with these with this uh, social media and this Facebook page. God doesn't need social media, but he can absolutely use it. And I said, you just do what you want with it. I mean, the everything I'd been so scared of, what are people going to think about me? That all went out the window. Yes. And, you know, it giving given him glory. I, that That's that's become my main purpose. That's great. Is that, you know, I don't care if, if you're offended as long as God's not offended yes. by what I'm doing. And yeah. I think that just goes back to when we when we submit and when we say, you know what, I'm not in control. I'm not the one driving this ship. That's, that's where we're supposed to be. It's not a bad thing. It's that's where, that's what God made us for is to live Uh in him and for him. And it, Uh I don't know why it surprises us so much, you know, (laughs) because it really does. We think, Oh wow, this actually turned out great. You know, I know that's exactly right. We just want to hold on to what we know and where we feel safe and secure. And we're so scared to let go of things, but you're absolutely right. I don't know why we're so surprised. God does everything so much better than we can do it. Yes. You know, Mm-hmm. So when you let go and let him have it and let in the and that's right submission when we submit to him so many so many good things happen I don't know what we're so scared of yes and another thing you talk about in the book is replacing our feelings and our um just kind of the state of what we're in in the moment oh, with yeah. truth from scripture and yeah. man we we need to hear that in in today's world. <laughs> You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Our feelings are fickle and always changing, Mm -hmm. you know, and the, the word, the truth of God is, is infallible. It never changes. It's, it's true. And that's true period, you know, and our feelings are not true. Right. We go, we go through a million different 
feelings and emotions every day, you know, and I've, I've struggled before with not feeling like God hears me when I'm praying. Mm-hmm. I go through seasons of that. Well, I feel like God doesn't hear me. It doesn't matter what I feel. Mm-hmm. The Bible says he's hearing me <laughs> and he loves me and he cares for me, period, the end of it. So, yes. you know, we have to get past worshiping our feelings. That's another way I think that the enemy can trip us up is in Ooh, our feelings. I, I like that phrase, worshiping yeah. our feelings. Yeah, because yeah. when we when we start putting stock into that and saying, "Oh, this must be true because I feel this," that yeah, that's a scary way to go. Yeah, it is for sure. I remember one time I was praying for something that I really needed. You know, it was um, not just a, a selfish or personal thing. It was something that you know was good, and I had been praying and praying. And I told my mom, I said, "Mom, I'm just tired. I'm tired of praying. Like I." don't want to pray for this anymore and then the next morning she sent me a picture from her daily bible reading so this was already planned it wasn't just she was flipping through and it was in matthew it was the story of the persistent widow and it Uh said jesus told this to his disciples so that they would pray and not give up i thought wow wow god just you know it was like i know you don't feel this but do it and he did he answered that you know he he always comes through. So absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Um, this is, well, I guess we're kind of jumping around, but that's okay. Um, I thought one of my, I mean, your whole book is great, but one of my favorite parts was the end where you just run through different stories, a laundry list of (laughs) (laughs) stories. I I don't really know how to describe it, but if people read, they'll understand. It's like, Oh, tell me about the time where this happened, where this happened. And (laughs) one of the things, what is with your family and rivers and running vehicles (laughs) into the rivers? (laughs) I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, going back to the alcoholism part, Uh uh, that played a big part. That played a part. My daddy running in a river for sure. Uh, He ran his truck off in a river drunk as a skunk. God bless him. And, uh, but he was okay. It, it was a funny story later on. Right. Um, my mom, I don't, I don't, I don't remember how that happened. God bless her. And I actually did run a golf cart off in a, in a river, mm-hmm. uh, in a lake, well, in a lake at the golf course. I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> there might be a lesson behind that. I don't know what it is yet, but we just kind of, we may need to stay away from, from running water. Rivers and vehicles. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that was, I mean, so. those were just so funny. I thought, man, she needs to do a follow-up and, and tell these stories. <laughs> and all those things are true. Every one of those things were true. And as I was going through that part, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how I ended up doing that, but um, I was just writing and I was like, well, I could tell this. And then, and I started sitting around thinking and these things were coming to my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the weirdest stuff that has happened. It's so <laughs> strange. But again, that goes back to growing up in a sitcom. I mean, it was funny stuff for the most part. It's sure. funny, just kind of outrageous things that happen, you know. Do you feel like that carries on with your family and your kids today? Yeah. I mean, are they, are they storytellers or do they love to laugh at the random things that yes happen? we we laugh we just got home from church and had to run some errands after church and we were just in the car laughing about some crazy things happening in the parking mm-hmm. lot at tractor supply so i mean we have we have funny things like that that happen you know and one of my good friends though she she definitely reminds her household reminds me of mine growing up they have the craziest stuff happen like they went to disney world 
on the one day that the hurricane hurricane came through and so disney world was closed and they had planned this this trip for months and so that's the kind of stuff that happens to them and i tell her that all the time i'm like you your family sounds like mine growing up just crazy right has the yes so i i totally feel that and i i don't know if it's just i mean i think we all have this to some extent but they're just those people who just always the crazy Uh stories you know um, it's all, yeah. My yeah. roommate in college, senior year, her name was Kate, but we, we both were those kind of people. And so you uh-huh. can imagine just the, the crazy, you know, the funny things. Like one of my favorite memories of college, which is, is you know, obviously so many great things happened there. But Kate yeah. had had a concussion, bless her heart, you know, just fell randomly, didn't eat enough lunch or whatever. And it was around Christmas time and she was supposed to not look at things, keep her eyes closed, not really think. Well, she is an extrovert, you know, loves, loves people. And she was just so sad. And I would come in and she'd go, I'm so bored. I want to talk to people. I want to do something. And so one night I said, okay, you know what I think we can do? I was like, I think we make and watch Christmas Vacation if you wear sunglasses so you protect your eyes. <laughs> and so I have a pic- and she was so excited. And I have a picture of her just giddy, smiling ear from ear, ear to ear. And she is sitting in a sweatshirt with sunglasses inside oh. watching Christmas Vacation. <laughs> oh, I love it. Just, I love it. Oh, such fun things like that. So. Oh, that's so funny. That's my favorite Christmas movie too. Oh, See, that's kind of that's the kind of humor I love. That's just good stuff. That's same. So good. Oh, Susanna, same. We had a, a chipmunk one time in our basement, and it was just like the the squirrel, you know. Yes. See, that's the kind of stuff I love. That's what that's what it was. Life was like a funny movie. Or, yes. You know. Yes. It, 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 and it makes it makes things fun. It's fun. I would hate to just live a dull, there's never a chipmunk in the basement kind of life. Right. You know? <laughs> it's, that sounds boring to me. Absolutely. So I love it. Well, um, okay. Is there anything, we obviously want to support you in all that you're doing. So we're going to read the book. And yes. any, are you doing any like speaking engagements any anytime soon? Or how can we follow you the best? Well, I'm not doing any speaking engagements right now. As you know, I've got a seven week old. So when, when the book, when, you know, we were planning the book out, I I got pregnant right after I finished the manuscript. And so before we were planning this big book tour and all the things I was going to do. And, and then I got pregnant and I'd been praying to get pregnant with this child for six years. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of put a halt on book tour kind of thing i've been doing some local you know around nashville and kind of things going to bookstores but um the best way to support me right now with with, especially with this book is to leave a review on amazon Mm. that is the best thing that could happen right now it's got over 700 five-star reviews which is amazing because you know there's usually there's usually you know there's usually those couple of people that just want to bring it down and have mm-hmm. something to complain about and nobody has done that i'm sure they've made before it's all said and done but so far it's been just such a humbling and just a just a beautiful time of yes. just people just saying that the book has helped them and again all glory goes to god for that so the, the best way to support the book of course is to is to buy it and to leave a review for it on amazon but of course um, follow me on facebook um mm-hmm. whoa susanna or instagram i'm all over social media yes. um 
that's also wonderful. And I have a blog, woesusanna.com, which I haven't written on it recently, but I'm hoping to get going back with that too. Absolutely. So. That's a great point about the Amazon reviews. Cause I, I tell people the same thing for the podcast, you know, it really yeah. does help. And then am I the one who writes a review? Not usually, you know, so <laughs> we right. can, we can all be better about that and, um, just share yeah. why we love, we love, uh, book or podcast or whatever that's great that's right that's well, right this has been so much fun thank you so so yeah. much for taking time out of your day to chat oh thank you rachel i sure do appreciate it of course all right well we wish you all the best and um are just so grateful for the work that you're doing thank you so much <laughs> bye Susanna. bye-bye oh what an amazing lady That was just the sweetest conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let's all buy the book. Let's all give Susanna a five-star rating on Amazon and write a comment about how you liked it and just cheer her on. She's doing great things. Thanks for tuning in with me. As always, you can find me on the internet at one, the digit, Rachel Sinclair on Instagram and face. Nope. Instagram and Twitter. Sorry. Facebook is at Rachel Sinclair writes. That's all for now. I will see you next time. Goodbye, guys.